You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast. This budget review is brought to you by Investec Focus Radio. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As we wrap up our reflections of yesterday's budget speech that was delivered by the Minister of Finance, I'm joined on the line by Annabel Bishop, Chief Economist at Investec, to reflect on uh, some of the numbers that came out in that speech yesterday, as well as take a look at uh, what all those numbers mean. Good evening, Annabel. Thanks so much for taking the time. I think the undoubtedly clear theme or the surprise that we got from yesterday's speech, so to speak, was uh, that announcement that came in right at the beginning saying that we are dipping into the gold and foreign exchange contingency reserve account uh, to the tune of 150 billion rand. Um, now, we've spoken about this account in the past, and we've we've said that um, theoretical profits and, and unrealized gains are very difficult to conceptualize, but also even harder to then say this is uh, funds that are readily available and disposable for uh, Treasury. But nonetheless, we are dipping into that. How do we make sense of that part of the speech, especially given the context of the fact that we got an announcement about dipping into the fund, but no confirmation on replenishing the fund? Yes. Hi, Jimmy. Look, I think, you know, we find ourselves in a situation in South Africa that's different to other countries. This GFECRA account essentially is one which is really used in a way to actually store the reserve bank assets. In other words, it is the gold and foreign exchange contingency reserves account. And of course, that's what GFECRA stands for. Now, it is, of course, um, monies that are at the reserve bank and they actually, interestingly, however, belong to National Treasury. So they don't belong to the South African Reserve Bank. In fact, there are over 90% of the South African Reserve Bank's assets. And of course, this GFICRA account that we're talking about actually is one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why some um, political factions of the ANC, you remember the RET faction, other political parties have actually been eyeing up the South African Reserve Bank for nationalization. In other words, the nationalization of this 500 billion in the um, contingency account. So basically what it means is that because we've had rand depreciation, there has been profit build up. That accrues or belongs to National Treasury. Now there's an opportunity cost of not using it. If you don't use that money, if you don't transfer it to National Treasury and it cannot use it to draw down its debt, um, then, of course, National Treasury has to borrow, as we've seen. And that increase in borrowings outlined in the MTBPS did obviously result in fiscal slippage. But also, of course, as well, the, opportunity, the, the borrowing costs are very high. They're above 10%. And getting a transfer of this GFETRA account monies that took $150 billion out of the $500 billion, a very um, normal a normal operation and normal methodology, other countries do it all the time, allowed for South Africa's budget to see its projected debt and, of course, um, fiscal deficit and other ratios, particularly debt, drop back down to where the projections were nearer last year's budget. In other words, it eroded the fiscal strategy we saw in the MTBPS. Those are some of the positive points of of making this um, drawdown. Now, with every positive there, in most cases, uh, could be a potential negative. And in this particular case, there are some downsides uh, to drawing down uh, from a fund such as the GFECRA account. Can you shed some light on some of the implications it would have for uh, the South African government, particularly if we don't address the underlying issues that got us to this point in the first place? 
So some of the problems, in, in fact, the, the key problem with government finances is that insufficient revenues are being collected to meet expenditure. What that really means is not enough tax revenues are coming in because the economy is so weak. However, what's quite interesting is if we have a look at the budget deficit, you know, the mismatch between expenditure and revenue, we actually find that it is close to about 5%, and that is due all, all of it's due to the debt servicing costs. In other words, if you take out your debt servicing costs from your expenditure figure and you just have revenue-less expenditure without debt servicing costs, then you actually get what's known as the primary balance, not the budget balance. The primary balance actually comes to about zero, which means that that deficit we face is all due to debt servicing costs. In fact, reducing the borrowings longer term by utilizing 115 from the GFECRA account actually has reduced our debt servicing costs by over 30 billion. So that's another positive. Of course, now that's where we've come from. And that's why we're in the situation, as you asked. Now, of course, as we look forward, weak economic growth projected by our government is insufficient at below 2%. Well, really at below 3%, it's insufficient to actually make the gains we need in tax revenue to not have these rising debt projections without pulling back expenditure. Of course, the concern is that the monies that have accrued in the GFECRA account because of the RAND depreciation could reverse if we see strong RAND depreciation. Now, of course, the RAND is unlikely to move from where it is closer to 19 RAND to the dollar to closer to 10 RAND to the dollar. But nevertheless, just as National Treasury owns the money in the GFECRA account, not the Reserve Bank. Essentially, if you look at the way they do their accounting, so too will National Treasury be liable or have to account for losses on the GFECRA account. In other words, should the RAND go through a long streak of strengthening and South Africa not actually bring in more foreign exchange reserves, then, of course, National Treasury would have to put money back in. So I think, you know, that's where we're really standing with this. Sounds to me like National Treasury may be betting on the fact that the RAND will remain weak for quite a bit of time, which is an interesting bet from their perspective. Uh, Annabelle, let's look at some of the other announcements that came through, uh, particularly looking at uh, the likes of state-owned entities, obviously. Uh, Transnet, we didn't get any bailouts for Transnet and ESCOM, but we did get was a guarantee for Transnet, and effectively that wasn't a cash injection, it wasn't a bailout, it was just the government saying we'll stand surety on 47 billion RAND. Well, that's exactly it. And it just means that a transnet can borrow a bit more. You know, these really were the only information <laughs> coming through on our two big problem SOEs, obviously problematic from a financial perspective, also maintenance in terms of infrastructure resulting in the reduced capacity. But of course, let's also not forget as well that there is the impact of poor governance, as the budget itself spells out. So, you know, that $47 billion just allows Transnet to borrow a bit more money. It needs to borrow money to, re- to meet its debt obligations, whether it's got to repay some debt or whether it's got to make its interest payments. It is, however, uh, quite a bit compared to its past guarantees. Eskom, on the other hand, is continuing with its debt relief program, stringent conditions there. Overall, for the SOEs, we know they're hamstring economic growth in South Africa. Weak economic growth, in turn, has a negative impact on um, the economy, on investor centre, on the RAND, yes. But even more importantly for government finances, the destruction that these, the poor management of these SOEs, both, you know, load shedding and of course as well, the drop in rail capacity and port capacity has had a negative effect on government finance, on revenues coming in from exports. Sure, the commodity prices have been a bit lower last year, but that's not the whole story. And of course, that's one of the reasons why government has found itself in a tax revenue undershoot and had to increase 
increased borrowings. So, you know, these are the concerns still persisting with the SOEs. We're not going to see an end to load shedding this year or next year. And of course, neither will we see the resolution of the problems on the rails and the ports completely this year or next year either. That, of course, limits economic growth, brings us to our 1% economic growth rate for this year. Incidentally, IMF also has 1%. National Treasury is closer to 1.3. But it's much of a muchness. It's still a very weak growth rate, one that will not reduce unemployment. Speaking of that weak growth rate, let's focus on that for a moment. Uh, The GDP outlook, there was very little mention of that in the speech as compared to the likes of the midterm uh, budget policy statement we saw in November. This time around, we only got 1.6% average over the next three years and nothing more around that. There doesn't seem to be an outline of how we we plan to achieve that, how we plan to get to that number. Is 1.6% as an average realistic considering we'd have to hit 1.4 this year, 1.6%? next year and 1.8 the year after to achieve that average. Is that realistic given the current constraints? So, you know, the budget does give us a good um, recap of what's been happening in terms of um, solar rooftop infrastructure built by homes, which is alleviated by about five to 6,000 megawatts of electricity demand. In other words, load shedding would have been much worse without that. And of course, as well, the private sector also going into bid windows from an infrastructure investment perspective to obviously provide more electricity to the grid via renewable energy. So those factors obviously are expected to ramp up over the next three years allowing for a reduction in load shedding, which is what some of the um, growth lift in the um, National Treasury's forecasts are predicated upon. Of course, also as well, there's an expectation there's going to be greater private sector involvement in the rail and ports, also allowing for a reduction in these capacity constraints. So you can see that as the trajectory, the lift in economic growth, um, and obviously still, however, limited by these um, structural constraints we mentioned, not hitting the 3% economic growth target. Well, we'll leave it at that. Annabelle, thanks so much for those insights. That's Annabelle Bishop, Chief Economist at Investec, sharing uh, her thoughts around the budget speech that was delivered yesterday, as well as some of the pronouncements that were made by the Minister of Finance. This budget review is brought to you by Investec Focus Radio. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We all have reasons to save for someone we love, something we want, an experience, having choice on a rainy day, or a little extra to make the mundane magical. You have reasons enough, I'm sure, but here's more. An Investec 12-month fixed deposit from 9% annual effective. No private bank account needed. Save from 100,000 rand. Capital guaranteed. Whatever your reason, you can save with Investec. Learn more at investec.com save. An authorized FSP. Terms and conditions apply. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast. Uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.